Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Well, we're back here live at Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I am Ryan with Real Nerds, and we have an author with us. Ella, why don't you introduce everybody to you? Um, hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Ella LeBain, and I am the author of a nonfiction book series called Who's Who in the Cosmic Zoo, which um, discerns, uh, thank you, uh, extraterrestrials, aliens, gods, angels, and exoplanets. And I connect the dots uh, to the ancient scriptures, uh, the ancient records. Um, I am an ancient. Uh, alien astronaut theorist as well. I do believe that um, that ancient aliens did um, come to Earth, and uh, it's biblical. It's based in all the exo-biblical as well as biblical books and scriptures and scrolls. And the purpose of my book series is to um, connect the dots to what's happening now and why that's important for us to understand and, and how we can learn to discern. Because um, this, is, this is a subject that's been kept hidden uh, for so many years. And when things are in, kept in secret, they're open to manipulation. So it's important to, to understand what has happened in the past in order to see what's going to happen in the future and what's already happening now. So how do you tie those events together? Because um, if I was a skeptic, I'd say, so how do we know the stories from the Bible or ancient texts are reliable sources of information? And as a researcher and an author, how do you... I don't know if the question makes sense. So how do you uh, decipher that, I guess, in a, a lack of a better word? 
Well, those are all very good questions, and I address all of that in my book series because that's what's on most people's mind is uh, a spirit of unbelief. Um, I mean, the spirit of unbelief can range from not believing that aliens exist, not believing that God exists, not believing that Satan exists, and Satan is just a Hebrew word for adversary or rebel, and all we have to do is simply open our eyes and look at the present world that we live in, which shows us that we have uh, controversy and strife and war and battles. So we know that there is an adversarial force at play in humanity, in humankind. So, so we can knock that off and say, okay, well, we all agree that, that people don't agree. Okay, and therefore that that has to be inspired by some kind of spirit or energy or thought form, which we'll just call because it's a it's it's a Hebrew word that means adversary is Satan. But in my books, I discern who Satan actually is. Is he one person or is he a group of beings? And what I found out from my research is that it's a hierarchy. And it's kind of structured very similar to um, the military, to the industrial militarized complex. And, you know, depending on where you're at in the hierarchy as to uh, where your powers uh, can go or where they're limited. And um, the, the Bible is many things, but one of the things it is, is a record. And the reason, and to answer your question, how we know that there is truth in it is because it corroborates with other ancient records. So, for instance, like the Enuma Elish and the Sumerian tablets and the Sumerian texts are in, in many ways condensed in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. Um, I go into the history in my books as to how the Bible was put together, why it was edited, why, uh, where all those rejected Jewish texts went, and why the, uh, uh, the Roman emperors took them out. I get into all of that, the cause of anti-Semitism, the cause of racism, uh, and, and how this all points back to the alien presence that has been on our planet for millennia. So yeah, that was actually going to be my follow-up, and you kind of already answered it, because, you know, uh, ancient texts sometimes are rewritten and re-edited right. depending on who is in charge, I guess, for a better lack of a word. So uh, are all of the revisions, can you find original uh, text from the Bible, or how do you go all the way back and find when it's been changed and when it's been altered? Well, those are all really great questions, and um, that is the purpose of what I've been writing about, uh, particularly in my second book, Who is God? Um, I found out that the official Hebrew text that everyone uses today, which is called the Masoretic text, which was actually written by the Masoretic Jews in Babylon. Now, for, for years, the, the Jews, if you know a little bit of the history, the Jews were held captive 
for 70 years in Babylon, so they had to listen to Marduk, Lord Marduk, who was the Lord of Babylon. He's also the Lord of Nibiru, so we're gonna connect that dot towards the end as well, and how that plays into our present and end time battle and situation. But they had to listen um, every week to the Enuma Elish. And after they left Babylon, they were able to rewrite some of the texts mm. with the influence of the Enuma Elish in it. Okay, so that's one aspect of it and how things got written. Another piece that I uh, share in Who is God is how the Hebrew, original Hebrew scrolls were edited by the Masoretic Jews in Babylon and why, which was to cover up the true name of the God of Israel. They didn't want the Gentiles to invoke the, the sacred name of the God of Israel. So they went in and they rewrote the ancient Hebrew texts, which were originally written in uh, Aramaic Hebrew, mm. which is the ancient Hebrew, which doesn't have any vowels. So it's like it's all pictographs, very similar to when you look at the Sumerian or any other pictograph language. And, and by the way, another thing that I, uh, just a side thing, is that Hebrew has 22 letters which correspond to the 22 major constellations. Each one of those letters represent constellations. Mm. The, the language itself is a language of physics. So when we understand it, what it really means and how it's been watered down over, the, over time, then we can go back into the past and say, well, this was the original meaning. So in answer to your question, the, the ancient script didn't have any vowels in it. The Masoretic Jews rewrote that with the vowels in it, and they deliberately and purposely took the vowels of the word that means Lord, which is Adonai, and gods, which, mean El, which is Elohim, which is plural for gods, and they transposed it over the Tetragrammaton, which is the name of the God of Israel and they created a new name to confuse the Gentiles. And they did this purposely, and they succeeded. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of confusion over the, over the centuries, and they created a name called Yehovah, because there's no J in the Hebrew language. So then once the letter J came into being, which was around the 1700s, then it became Jehovah. So Jehovah is not his name. So it's a counterfeit name. So of course, then I basically prove that the God of this world, who is known as Satan, and he has many other names as well, and I list about, I don't know, almost a hundred of them in my book, um, that he took that name on, okay, because he wants to be God and he wants to be worshiped. So he fooled and deceived many people through creating these offshoot false religions. So when people, because, because the word, what we say, and, and what God, the, the words have meaning, and this is, this is the basis of occult uh, understanding, witchcraft, incantation, spells, and the, the very word of God. So when you change the names, and you change the words, and you change uh, their, their correct pronunciation, you're also changing the vibration, the energy, and the being. And that's how a lot of uh, religious conflict and religious wars have come about over this. 
So um, the Masoretic Jews definitely edited the Jewish Bible and they made some changes and that was one of the big ones. Um, then what happened later when the Church of Rome in 350 AD, uh, Constantine decided he wanted everyone to be on the same page and he wanted to incorporate, instead of like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing, he wanted to incorporate the growing movement of Christianity in the world into the already existing Roman religion, which was Mithraism, which came from Babylon. So, so he edited the books of the Jewish Bible and picked and chose, and this went on, uh, through the seven ecumenical councils and two other emperors, Justin and Justinian, and that's how we ended up with the canon today. But there's 23 books that were rejected uh, that because of uh, anti-Semitism, because they did not, because he was he wrote Constantine's Creed, which was basically the doctrine of anti-Semitism, that that said you know if anyone's going to be a Judaizer, let them be anathema to Rome. So, so a lot of these books that were too Jewish or too, um, too spacey, too metaphysical, too much about astrophysics, which let's face it, the books of Enoch and the books of Jasher and Jubilees and the War Scrolls, and they all have all this information in it. And also the books of Adam and Eve. Now, when we look at uh, the book of Genesis and we see the story of Adam and Eve, that is merely a synopsis. It, the, the, the first and second books of Adam and Eve should really be in the Bible because people today really need that knowledge and they need that information to understand the relationship between Satan, God, and us. Okay, and it really helps with protocol and and uh, you know how, how spiritual battles are fought and won, and who's doing what to whom. So one of the things that I expose in, in my book series is the things that, that, that God, or the Lord of Lords, the Creator God, gets blamed for is the things that Satan is doing because he's masquerading as God. Why do you believe that the Jewish people are so persecuted then? Do you believe that they just they had a higher thinking level than everybody else? Or what, what, what were the people in charge so afraid of from the, the Jews? I, I don't know. I, you know, it's just something throughout history that it's one of the things that's always perplexed me that they're just people. And for some reason, they're persecuted throughout history. That is the million dollar question. And, and that is, I address it in almost every one of my books in the series because it, it doesn't make any sense, and I agree with you. And what, what makes sense to me is knowing that they were and are still an extraterrestrial race. And <clears throat> they had knowledge that the other races didn't have. And the other races on Earth uh, were very jealous, and they wanted to steal, and jealousy is, uh, you know, a human emotion. I mean, there's jealousy and there's envy, okay? And there's different levels of it. But jealousy wants to basically murder, okay? Wants to put your lights out. They want to steal, and this is, this is the energy of Satan, is to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he does, he's having a war with the God of the Jews. 
So that's an extraterrestrial God that put his seed on earth to use for him, for his purposes, to be set apart, to be different, to teach the world different things that he had to offer, whether that is in terms of knowledge, uh, communication. I mean, all the books of the Bible were written by Jews, um, physics, uh, ast astronomy, uh, technology. And these were gifts that God wanted to give humanity, and he used his people that had his genetic seed running through them to do it. And the, the other people that, you know, the Gentiles, and we'll just call them that for now, the non-Jews, were jealous of that. And they wanted to steal it from the Jews, and Satan uses the Gentiles to fight his battle with the God of the Jews by trying to kill and steal and to destroy Jews. And that, you know, has been done in the multiple persecutions, um, you know, the Holocaust, the most recent, and what's happening today on planet Earth, where you would think that after what we went through in World War II that people would have learned a lesson, but now it's coming back full circle. And anti-Semitism is on the rise again. And look at Israel, you know, and Israel is one of the leaders in the Middle East uh, for technology. So there are things that they want to put, they want to put Israel's lights out because they, and, and, and if you look at the record, and I, I don't know how much time we have, I'm not gonna go on and on and on, <laughs> but, but all, the, all the contributions that Israel has made to humanity and to the world, it doesn't make any sense. But it makes sense when you look at it in, in terms of power. They want to have power, and they don't want the God of Israel to have power. But according to the prophecies, the God of Israel wins in the end, okay? And the Jews and the Christians are saved because the Christians are grafted in to the covenants of Israel. So anyone that believes on that God, which is the God of Israel through uh, the Messiah through Yeshua, which is the Hebrew name for Jesus, is saved and uh, ha and enjoys the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. And this is something that is very important, I think, for anyone in the field of ufology and anyone who studies um, extraterrestrial life and aliens to understand that, that this planet we are uh, having a clash of two kingdoms. As we started out by saying, you know, that there's this adversarial force that wants to control humankind, that wants to enslave humankind. And then there's another God that wants to save us, that wants to save us from captivity, that wants to save us from bondage, that wants to save us from enslavement. And the promises in these prophecies is that his kingdom is coming to earth. And when that day happens, which, you know, people call the age of Aquarius, which is the, the time, the golden age, where there's peace and love and understanding and brotherhood and sisterhood and kindness towards each other again. We did have this once before, very, very, very long time ago. So things come full circle. It's on, a, on the processional age. It's a 26,000 year cycle and it's, going to happen like clockwork. Um, my, my new book, can I tell you about Absolutely. my new book? Um, 
It's coming out at the end of the year and it's called The Heavens. And basically, it's about these end time prophecies that has to do with this planetary system that comes around every 3,600 years, which I call the Nemesis Nibiru system. And this is based on the ancient Sumerian text, um, Zachariah Sitchin, who I studied under uh, in the 90s, 1990s. And um, he was the first one to actually coin the, the phrase Nibiru. I mean, we wouldn't be calling it pla you know, Planet X Nibiru if it wasn't for him, because he interpreted the Sumerian tablets. So we're seeing the planets and the objects of this system coming into our solar system space now. And it, it's showing up in, in Helio viewers and, you know, the SOHO and, and just regular uh, backyard astronomers are taking photos of it every day all over the planet. Um, if you go to my Facebook, I, I post a lot of this stuff and I have albums and, you know, and. Uh, there's a growing community online that is sharing these photos all the time, and it's it's no longer um, you know seen as you know weird or edgy. Now it's like, whoa, this is what's really happening, and it's Earth science too because it 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 explains the weird weather that we're having, you know, and and that we're in the middle of a pole shift, and it, it's been proven that 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 our magnetic North Pole, which used to be in the Canadian Arctic, has now moved to Siberia. And, you know, we're having all these extreme weather patterns all around the planet, floods and earthquakes and volcanoes and plagues of locusts and famines and, oh my goodness, I mean, it's like biblical proportion in many places. And um, that's because the, the, this planetary system is coming through. It's going to pass the Earth. And before it does, it's going to send a bunch of, uh, which is already happening, there's an uptick in fireballs and meteorites and asteroids. We just had a major asteroid just like pass the Earth. It always reminds me of that George Carlin sketch where he says, oh, it's not a near miss, it's a near hit. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's what just almost happened yeah. to us. And and then, you know, we're having solar storms. Uh, we've been in a solar storm for the past two weeks. And, uh, I mean, the Midwest is getting flooded. 500 tornadoes in 30 days. I mean, that's very unusual. So something is up with our solar system. And it's not just our planet, because we're seeing changes on all the planets. You know, the big uh, eye on Jupiter? Yeah. You know, that's dissipating now. So, huh. you know, that, and, and, it's, and it's happening really quick. Um, you know, Mars and the moon, and now, and now they just announced today that, you know, they're going back to the moon and they're going to put colonies on the moon and there's all these space agencies involved and, you know, we are in the space age. And I think the reason for this um, uptick in this is because they know that the Earth is going to get destroyed through cataclysm. Mm. So what do we do? That was my that was my question. Okay, I, I was going to say what what so what can we do? What do what besides reading your books and getting a broader knowledge of this? What can we do as people to be better people? Well, that that is a great question, and um, I think that the common denominator between all of us is to connect with our Creator, and and to get our souls reconciled back to our Creator God. 
okay? And it's not about religion, um, but it's about relationship. And if, we, if our relationship to, to, our, uh, to our source, the, the creator of our souls, I go into this uh, in, the, in book one about the difference between, like I categorize the ETs and the aliens, and I categorize them in terms of those who are soul matrixed and those who do not have souls. Okay, so the ones that don't have souls are after the ones who have the souls. But one thing they cannot, with all the hybridization, with all the technology, artificial intelligence, genetic manipulation, one thing they cannot produce and create is a soul. And God created our souls, and he wants to save our souls, and he wants us back. He wants to reconcile our souls back to him and save us from the bondages, and you know the lost, the, the the loneliness and the lost cause of this world, and that's the promises of God, and we should take Him at His word because He created everything. So I think that I would, you know, I think pointing people in that direction is really what we need to work on. And through that, when you get your relationship right with with the Lord, with God, then you're kinder to each other. And then it just comes right through you because you're walking with his spirit, his knowledge. Just like going back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, that story is very important. And I recommend people reading the first and second books of Adam and Eve, which are not in the Bible, but they really tell you the relationship. And that's what we need to get back, that relationship with our creator, because that's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. You know, it's not just... I mean, it's not religion, you know, where religion is, has, has done a number on everybody. And in fact, unfortunately, and I expose the religious spirit in my books, and unfortunately, religion has done more harm than good in many cases because it's turned people off of God. And this is that counterfeit religious spirit at work because, because Satan wants to get people away from God. He wants to destroy humankind. He wants to be the one that controls planet Earth. He's not going to win in the end because, you know, the, the end of the book, the, the books of Revelation and all the other prophecies in the books of Enoch, I highly recommend reading the books of Enoch as well because they corroborate with the book of Revelation. And it's interesting, you know, here we are in, in Comic-Con, well, Denver... Pop culture pop, con. Pop culture con yeah, now. Rebranded. Yeah, rebranded. <laughs> but and, and they have someone like me here, you know, I'm, I'm like the only nonfiction author in the author alley. <laughs> And uh, thank you for for talking to oh, me. Oh no, about, I, that's, that's no, that's really, awesome. I, I, I your story is really fascinating because I, uh, I I love history, and so um, it, you know, it seems like your book series delves very deep into history. And I always yes. um, my problem with uh, if we're going to wax here with religion is it's been constantly changed yes. to suit certain people, right? And so um, I always like to go back and I. I don't mean to be an ass to people that were religious, but I always ask myself, well, what's the difference between Christianity and what the Egyptians believed or such and such? And I always want an answer. I'm not because I'm belittling them. I want, I want real answers from people. Well, you want to understand, yes. you know, and connect the dots. And that's me too. And that's one of the things that I put in my books. And I have a, a chapter in book two called The Christmas Gods. And it basically connects 17 different gods that were all worshipped and venerated and celebrated on December 25th, going way back into ancient Egypt, okay? So 
today, when Christmas comes around, nobody knows who these gods are. Nobody even remembers their name. They just associate Christmas with Jesus or Santa Claus, and, and it's become a very, you know, commercialized event. Well, you know, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day, and that was one of the edits that Constantine did because his god was venerated on December 25th, which was Mithras. So we go back to, so I went in and I went back to Mithras and I went even back further before Mithras, which was the Egyptian and, you know, Isis and Osiris and Horus. And, uh, you know, they all have a very similar story. Mm -hmm. Now I pose this question in my book and I let my readers decide, okay? Because could this all be the same being that is just reincarnating in these different timelines to just reinsert the same message? Or could they be competing gods that are inserting themselves into the timeline because they're they're warring to be the god of gods or who's gonna be like the top god. Very similar to what the Avengers, you know, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. Thor and, and how it ended with yeah. um with um with Star Lord and yeah. how he let Star Lord be the captain of the ship. It's kind of like it's a power struggle. So I don't have all the answers, you know. I, I know what I know, what I don't know, I don't know, you know? So <laughs> Uh, very fascinating, and I really appreciate you spending time to talk to us. Um, where can people find you and buy your books outside of Denver Comic Con? Um, well, they can go to who's who in the cosmic zoo.com, and um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, who's who, just type in who's who in the cosmic zoo. Uh, Ella LeBain, I have two pages my friends page, my fans page, but they can connect with me either or. And um, yeah, so, awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Good to Thank talk you. To you. Good to talk to you as well. Thank you. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.